Welcome to LOA Today. Walt Thiessen and Life Coach Wendy Dillard here. Today is Tuesday, February 13th, 2018, 4 p.m. Eastern Time, our second daily dose of happy for the day. And uh, I don't know about you, Wendy. I have been working diligently. Well, actually, I do know about you because you're taking the week off. But I've been working diligently today, getting stuff cleared on my table so that I can just focus all my attention on editing this book that we're all putting together because the stories keep coming fast and furious, and you're one of the ones who sent another one today. I love it. You um, Now, you finished a chapter, and this is your third one, right? Right. Yes. So for somebody who started off saying, well, I don't know if I can get it done in the next month, you've written three different <laughs> stories in about a two-and-a-half-week period. That's and pretty I'm wondering if good. I have a fourth one in me. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just hysterical. <laughs> Look what you've created in me, Walt. <laughs> I'm a story-writing monster. <laughs> oh, I've created a monster. You have. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Hey, plus, we are on t- track to break an LOA Today record today. We are currently about 12 plays away from having our biggest play day, if you will, of all time. Um, our record previously was 457 plays in a day. We are now at about 445, I think it was. So wow. at the rate we're going, probably by the end of, of the podcast, we're going to have broken the record, which is just You know, phenomenal. you've never broken it down for me to hear what our per day listenership is. That's astounding. <laughs> it's been going up, I mean, too. Almost, I mean, but like almost 500 people a day are choosing to listen to us, whether live or in archives. Oh, my gosh. How exciting. And, and you take it uh, like a year ago, 450-odd plays or so, that was four months' worth of listeners. <laughs> and now it's in a day. <laughs> now it's a single day. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Well, you know, before, before 2018 started, we were talking about getting a million listens in 2018. Um. And I said it'll happen faster than you think because every day builds momentum. It does. There's an exponential growth to it, and we're seeing it. That is just so exciting. It is exciting because it it, it takes an exponential growth. I mean, at the rate we finished the year 2017, we, we weren't anywhere near on pace for a million. But you take the growth rate into a, into account, and now it becomes really, really possible. And the growth rate just keeps continuing. It just keeps accelerating. And I'm thinking, this is, I, I have never experienced anything like this. This is so much fun. <laughs> well, and, you know, the joy of it is our show is about law of attraction. And so we're using law of attraction to actually stimulate those numbers of growth, not because we want numbers, although that is, the, that is a fun aspect of it, but we want to influence more people to feel good oh, yeah. and to get the tools in order to do it for themselves to feel good on a regular basis. So that's just, that thrills me, like beyond description, to know that that many people really want to feel good. I that agree. That's so cool. And it's so fun, like you say, to know that we are so successfully applying the very thing we're talking about, the law of attraction. We're using it to our benefit in a tremendous way. And I, I still can't believe it. I mean, every month I track the numbers. I, I record them in a spreadsheet. And every month, at the end of the month, I put the numbers in, and I have a little graph that the spreadsheet creates. And every month that graph points straight up. And I keep thinking, you know, wow, I mean, it's been straight up for like seven or eight months now. It doesn't like level off at some point, and nope, it just keeps going straight up. I love it. Oh, that is very cool. I, I mean, this is the kind of thing that I really didn't think 10 years ago was possible to have this kind of growth. Well, not possible, but let's say it would be extremely likely, unlikely rather, it would be extremely unlikely in my lifetime to ever experience like that, something like that. And here I am experiencing it. I'm experiencing the extremely unlikely, just using law of attraction. I'm I'm dumbfounded. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I'm not so dumbfounded that I can't talk. I sometimes stumble over my words, but I can still talk. So I think we should kind of get into some of the other wins that we've experienced. By the way, have you had any wins in the last uh, 24 hours? Well, my win is um, a continuation of my Project X, oh, which okay. is my... Uh, Wendy testing the law of attraction in a very deliberate fashion project. Okay. And, you know, I've been talking as as it feels let as I feel led to do so 
I've been talking about the different thoughts that have been coming to me about Project X, which, as I've talked about before, receiving a thought is part of manifestation. So I celebrate and am very excited every time I receive a new thought. Well, uh, yesterday I was a little down for me. You know, I'm usually pretty happy. And I was like, this is, I'm feeling a little eh, grumbly inside. And I'm, I, I was having a hard time pinpointing what it was. And I don't know that specifically I could tell you what it was. But this morning I woke up and I went, ooh, there's that same eh, icky feeling. And I'm like, this is not cool. As a matter of fact, Abraham specifically says when you wake up in the morning, your vibration is at its highest. And the only reason you ever feel something icky is if you drag something from the day before or the past into the now. And I went, man, I did that awfully quick. <laughs> Side of my awareness. I didn't even know I had dr- drug yesterday into today. Right. But sure enough, there it was. And I was like, ugh. And I'm like, I am not going to spend another day not feeling happy. Just not going to happen. So I just started playing. What can I do to feel better? What What thoughts can I go to? And I started thinking about Project and there it was. I'm like, I'm feeling frustrated with Project X because even though, yes, I have April 1st as one of the things to focus on, that didn't feel fulfilling enough to me. Hmm. I'm like, yay, a date. Okay, well, it was good for a while, but I'm over it already. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, I'm not saying that as in, like, it's not going to happen or that I'm disappointed with it. But another thing Abraham talks about is no good feeling is ever intended to last forever. It's like you experience it, and then you're intended to, like, go find something new. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay, well, I got all the happy I could find out of April 1st. What's next? (laughs) That's what my question was. What what do I focus on next? And I was, you know, kind of going back into my own personal. When I've set a target for a deadline in the past, what did I do while waiting for that deadline to appear? And I thought, well, when I was looking for a house, I had work to do. I had to do some research, and I had to go, you know, look for things, and I had to check with a mortgage lender, and there were always things to keep me occupied. And then I was thinking about when I got a car. It's like there were things to do. Um, and so because... I haven't expressed the full nature of Project X is, just suffice it to say, it's not something that I can just go Google. I'm actually creating something that I've never created before, and it's not something where Google is going to provide for me what I need. Okay. So... I, that frustrated me because I'm like, oh, well, no wonder I'm frustrated because normally I love to do stuff. And unlike searching for a house or a car, I didn't have anything to do. I don't have research to do. And so I was just saying, okay, universe, well, then what do I do? Because mm. I need activity. I need something to focus on that will get me excited. So anyway, I had a hairdresser appointment today, and you know, to my hairdresser. And I have, of course, have Abraham CDs on in the car. Mm-hmm. And, of course, Abraham answered my question. Oh. And it was, well, focus on or dream up what it's going to feel like when you have the thing that you desire. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know, I know that, but I lost track of it. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, okay. And it was like, and I had an inner sense of, I. so when I get to my hairdresser, um, one of the things we were going to do today before she cut my deep condition so you know she does she puts something on my hair and then we have to wait five minutes she rinses out and she puts something else on my hair and we had to wait eight minutes well that five and that eight minutes when she walked away i used to start focusing on how i'll feel when i have the manifestation of project x and maybe the things that will be said and the things that i'll be doing and the conversations that i'll be having and i just started playing with it and by the time my hairdresser came back after the different things, I felt like I had really begun the process that was causing me to no longer feel frustrated. Oh, good. And so it's like where I am now is, okay, and Walt, it, feel free to remind me if I start get going into the doldrums about it again, go, hey, are you <laughs> focusing on the outcome, like how it will feel and what you'll be doing? 
because that is what I lost sight of. I and promise. And once I started focusing, thank you. <laughs> and once I started focusing on that today, it's like that eh feeling went away, and now I'm back on top of the world. And I came home from my hairdresser appointment, and I finished, did my last proofing of my chapter, sent it to you, and here we are doing the call, and I'm back to my normal, buoyant, happy self. Very good. Well, that's definitely a win because you turned that one around really nicely. And, and we do. I mean, all of us. We just we forget. It, it, we've been taught this by Abraham, focus on the end result, and yet we have this long history, all of us have this long history of taking action to fix stuff instead of trusting the process. And trusting the process includes focusing on the end result. I know that I tend to do that a lot. I'm learning how to change it, but I, I tend to do it a lot where technology is concerned, where anything that's problem-oriented is concerned. And I was experiencing it again today. I, I was actually clearing space for my um, work on the on the editing the book that we're putting together. And I was really excited about doing it and so forth. And today, out of the blue, I got two, actually one yesterday, one today, two different orders from two different existing customers from my web design business that still has a little bit of business to it coming in to have me fix stuff that were just not really easy to fix. They were like kind of nasty kind of fixes. And I'm thinking, mm -hmm. why now? Why now? <laughs> What's going on? I, mean, I, I was all excited. You know, I was ready to go. And all of a sudden, I get this, and I finally remembered, oh, yeah, that's right. I had all that momentum built up because I was trying to fix problems all the time. And so the universe said, oh, well, he loves to fix problems. We'll set him some more problems now that he's got a little bit of a low in his schedule. <laughs> so wow, that low was filled by the universe. And I'm thinking, okay, well... One more reminder, I really don't want to focus on problems. I want to focus on solutions. They're a lot more fun. <laughs> and I get done the stuff that I want to get done. <laughs> so, yeah, and it's you kind, know, of, kind of an inverse focusing way. Focusing on but... problems, but fo if you think about it, focusing on problems is one end of the stick. Mm -hmm. Focusing on mm -hmm. solutions is the other end of the stick. Right. But you're still on the same stick. Yes. Because to get a solution, you had to have a problem. So what if you got off the stick? Just and went to the stick called Living Life Smoothly and in the Flow. Is there such a stick? There is. <laughs> I'm on it. <laughs> Sign me up. <laughs> the cool thing is you just have to think of it, and it's there. Ah, okay. Well, cool. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Well, and I'm, I'm not going to take away, if you really want to focus on solution, be my guest. I just happen to know that solution and problems are on the same stick. It's a, it's a very valid point. Um, so yeah. Moving to solutions is a major step forward, for sure, because now I'm not yes, stuck on is. problems. But yes. it's a great point. I could actually yeah. just abandon the stick entirely. Like, goodbye, stick. <laughs> Let someone have it yes. <laughs> they want it. There's plenty of people out there who love to solve problems. Let them do it. Uh-huh, and they find more joy in it than you do. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I'm worn out. I'm done with it. I mean, I used to enjoy it a lot, but no longer. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you're the, you said when you were talking about me that we forget. And it's like, yeah, sometimes you just forget or we're just not aware because we're so in our stuff. We only see what we see. Well, it's part of what, what what the topic is about today, really, because, I mean, we're still on Section 2 of the Law of Attraction, the basics of the teachings of Abraham, and we're on a subsection called How Do I Want to See Myself, which is all about the question of do we see what really is or do we see things the way we want them to be? And what we're talking about here is how you know, we have a little bit of a history of getting stuck on seeing what is, and we need a little reminder, oh, yeah, we get to pick how we want it to be. We can actually focus on that. And that, that can actually be a fun thing. How's that for an idea? A fun thing? Doing something cool. imaginative? I mean, we, we, well, didn't we, didn't we abandon imagination when we were kids? Which was part um, of the problem, really. I, I'll be honest with you. I did not do a lot of imagination when I was a kid. Oh, really? Yeah. I became an adult way too early. Um, so imagination has always been kind of a, a conundrum for me. Mm. It doesn't mean I can't imagine, 
but it's not something that I feel has come naturally. Um, that's really what my Project X is about, which is why I was excited to create Project X as I did when I set it up, because it's putting me in a place to create something I've never had, and I don't know what it looks like. It's not like anything else I've ever done. Hmm. Wow. And so, I, I'm, you know me, I don't get into the topic before we, we like, I don't read ahead. Right. So I'm really excited about what we're going to read today because it won't surprise me. All right. What we read today is the um, unfolding of what I've been asking for to be able to better sink my teeth into um, what the future of Project X really holds for me. Well, let's get into it. Actually, before we get into it, I just want to take a few minutes to remind people, first of all, if you're liking this, you're enjoying this, you, you probably are because you're still listening, then we want to encourage you, if you have not done so before now, to subscribe to the podcast, which is pretty easy to do. Uh, go to LOAToday.net. You'll see buttons there for subscribing. If you're using an iPhone, it's really easy. Just follow the steps. If you're using an Android phone, Motorola, Samsung, one of those guys, um, you need to install some podcast software, uh, an app from the Play Store, and there are a lot of free ones there. We recommend the Podcast Manager. But uh, once you get that installed, then you can search on LOA Today and, and you can subscribe that way. And then once you subscribe, we also want to encourage you to share. Subscribe and share. That's our motto here. And uh, by share, we mean share with people you know on social media. And to make it really, really easy for you, we have added a whole row of social media icons on every page on the website. I saw that, Walt. I've never seen so many social media <laughs> icons in my life. I'm like, holy cow. It covers every social media that any person who could ever listen to our show could possibly be using. <laughs> I, I, think. <laughs> I, I think, honestly, the programmer invented a few, to be perfectly honest. But nevertheless, it's a very impressive array of icons. <laughs> and literally, no matter what social media outlet you use, you'll be able to find it there. So all the excuses are now gone. We've taken it away. Now the only thing that's left for you is just to do it. And by the way, that's why we're hitting these records in our listener plays, because people are sharing. So keep doing the sharing. The more people who find out about it, the more that like it, because we also know that the average person who does subscribe plays an average of 30 episodes a month. So it's not like they're, you're, you're sending them something that they're not going to like. People are loving it. So do yourself a favor. Oh, and one other reminder, too. Um, if you're listening live and you are not in a place where you can make a phone call, because we love to hear from our listeners, we are doing our special call-in show tonight. Tom Wells and I are doing the show um, from 9 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time purely to reach out to people who are listeners who wanted to call in, but they just can't do it during the day. So this is your chance. This is the first time we're doing it. Um, take advantage and uh, listen in this evening. So with the commercial messages out of the way, let's get to the book. Now, the subsection Alrighty. is called, How Do I Want to See Myself? It says, for most of you, many things in your life are going well, and you want a continuation of those things. But there are also things that you wish to be different. In order for things to change, you have to see them as you want them to be rather than continuing to observe them as they are. The majority of the thoughts that you probably think about think are about the things that you are... Let, let me read that one again because that's a confusing sentence. The majority of the thoughts that you probably think are about the things that you are observing, which means that what is dominates your focus, attention, vibration, and therefore your point of attraction. That is further compounded as those around you also observe you. It's clear that they didn't have strong writing skills in the hereafter. Um. <laughs> but you know what? Let, let's, let's put a pause in that for a moment because okay. that's a huge idea. It is. It is. Um, so, you know, how I heard that was how we spend more time focusing on what we observe. But the interesting part is we're not aware that we're focusing on the things that we observe. Yes. So, like, for instance, I'm sitting in a chair right now, and I'm, I'm you know, talking to you, you know, and our listeners. Um, but I move my gaze onto different things while we're talking, but I don't know how much I'm really paying attention to how much I'm observing. In other words, I have like um, a clock in front of me. Well, I see the clock because I'm looking at it to know where we are, you know, in terms of the show. But how much of the time am I really paying attention to what the clock looks like? Um, 
you know, I, I have a ceiling fan in the room. I don't really normally focus on the ceiling fan. It's just part of my room. You know, I, I have a big uh, full-length mirror in here. I look at it, but how often am I really aware that I'm looking at a full-length mirror? And so, in other words, this is, this is a room quite often. But I don't stop and really acknowledge, and that's the key word, I don't often acknowledge the things I'm actually focusing on. And that happens in our life quite often. So if we're in an office with coworkers, you know, maybe you, you walk down several cubes until you get to your space and then you sit down. But do you really stop and notice the specific people that you walk by or what they're doing? Often not. No. We just are really tunnel vision and we well, just head to where we need to go and we tune out. It's all background, really. Mm-hmm. And where that gets us in trouble, we're wanting to change something, because that was the beginning of this paragraph you just read, right. you know, which is oftentimes we like what's going on and we want to continue it, but what if there's something you want to change? Well, oftentimes the thing that we're wanting to change includes in its energy or in its vibration something that you do but sometimes finding that thing that you're focused on that you do not want is hard to find because it's like it's in the background. It's part of what we see and experience every single day, and we didn't stop to, like, acknowledge it. But when you can acknowledge it, you can change it. So are we saying then that the key is to pay attention to what is? Because that's kind of a mixed message compared to other things that we've said you know, that Abraham has told us. Well, it depends on what you're wanting to If you're experiencing something that you do not like, then then how you change it is either by completely distracting yourself and looking at other things, or sometimes you've got to figure out what it is that you're so focused on that causes you to continue to bring that thing into your life. And sometimes you can't figure out what it is you're so focused on until you start paying attention to what you're paying attention to. Ah, okay. So the point here is to notice what's going on in your what is so that you can specifically notice which part of the what is you're looking at. Because you aren't looking at all of it. That's pretty clear. I took about five minutes to say that. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Well, that's why we co-host because that way I can, you know, condense what you take, what you say and turn it into something that that we can put on a printed page or something. <laughs> exactly. Except for the other way the around. Bite. Yeah, that's, there's the sound bite, right? <laughs> but if you want to understand what's behind the sound bite, you got to listen to the five minutes of what I said before. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Well, then, with that as the setup, let's see what the next paragraph says. So it says, and so as a result of the overwhelming amount of attention that most of you give to your current situation, or which is known as the what is in parentheses, change comes very slowly or not at all. A steady stream of different people flows into your life, but the essence or theme of those experiences does not change very much. And that's certainly true. I mean, I think we've all experienced that. You know, we, In fact, it's the thing that we often uh, get frustrated by if we're first trying to become deliberate creators because it doesn't seem like ever, anything ever changes because... That's what we're focusing on, the thing that never changes. Because we really keep focusing on the same thing, even though what we're not aware of in that moment, or in any given moment, is that there are many other things we can be focusing on and bringing into our attention, but because we're so habitually uh, used to focus on a certain thing, we deny all these other possibilities that are in our environment. And the way they word that here in the book is they say, in order to affect true positive change in your experience, you must disregard how things are as well as how others are seeing you and give more of your attention to the way you prefer things to be. With practice, you will change your point of attraction and will experience a substantial change in your life experience. Sickness can become wellness. Lack of abundance can become abundance. Bad relationships can be replaced with good relationships. Confusion can be replaced with clarity and so on. So there we have it. We have the nub of it right there. 
And what you're suggesting, I think, is actually a, a, a very subtle nuance on it, but it's a good one, that we have other opportunities of things to focus on that help us change that point of attraction. Am I reading that correctly? No, nope, that's, that's exactly what I'm getting out of it. Okay. So, if we continue on, it says, By deliberately directing your thoughts rather than merely observing what is happening around you, you will begin to change the vibrational patterns to which the law of attraction is responding. And in time, with far less effort than you may currently believe, you will no longer, by responding to what others perceive you to be, be creating a future that is so similar to your past and present. Instead, you will be the powerful, deliberate creator of your own experience. So they're basically summarizing it right there. And then they give us an example. They say, you would not likely see a sculptor throwing his large wad of clay down on his work table, exclaiming, oh, it didn't turn out right. He knows that he must put his hands into his clay and work with it to mold it so that the vision in his mind matches the clay on his table. The variety of your life experience gives you the clay from which you will mold your life experience and merely observing it as it is without getting a hold of it and deliberately molding it to match your desires is not satisfying and is not what you had in mind when you made the decision to come into this time-space reality. We want you to understand that your clay, no matter how it may look right now, is moldable. No exceptions. And that's, I think, where your nuance becomes really interesting because what what they're suggesting and what you're building on with what you said is we have aspects of our what is that do require us to kind of get involved and play with the clay and, and start turning it into the sculpture we have in mind. Once again, a source for potential confusion, though, because there are some people who say, well, what you really should do is put your intention out there and then forget about it. But here we're talking about getting involved in playing with it and experimenting with it. So how do we draw you know, the line there? The, um, the thought that comes to mind, it's kind of back to my being in an office environment. So, like, if you've just started a new job and someone says, okay, here's your cube. Well, probably because I've set up people's cubes when they're, they're being hired, and I know what I put in the cube. There was a monitor, there was a computer, there was a mouse. Um, I usually put in a stapler and maybe a pen. That was maybe it. a pen. <laughs> we like, have definitely left the age of writing instruments. We are using computers and maybe yeah. a pen. <laughs> <laughs> maybe a pen. So the idea that I had that had just come to me was, so if you, that's what we'll, uh, let's just call, that's what is. Here is your cube, okay? What is is your cube. But most of the time, I, I've yet to know um, a new associate of, of any kind of company that just leaves it as blank and dismal a cube as what is uh, what I just said was in there. You know, people bring stuff from home and, and add things to it. And, like, I know for me, every time I, I was in a new cube, I always had, I always had a little uh, teeny fan because it's always too hot for me. So I brought in my fan, and I always had some kind of a, a radio because I liked um, really quiet music in the background I, um, because it was to filter out all the noise around me. Of course, this is before people were listening to their own headsets. But anyway, I don't like things <laughs> in my ears, so even today I still wouldn't do that. Um, but then I have my own things, like back in the day, you know, I liked push pins and I liked um, a, a roll of tape and, and I, would, uh, I had certain kinds of pens I liked. I liked gel pens. Um, but then I also brought, like, pictures from home and I had a picture of my cat and a picture of my husband, you know, and, and just little tchotchkes all around. And I had little signs that I would put up on the walls. Um, my favorite one says, reality is just your imagination and other fun signs, but I decorated it, and I made it my space. And in a way, that's kind of what the sculptor does. He takes the clay. The clay is like, here's your cube. And then he molds it into the shape he wants to create something that is pleasant and pleasurable. And that, to me, is like bringing in all my little tchotchkes to like arrange around me in order to create an environment that makes me feel good. And... To me, that's kind of what Abraham is saying. It's like if you just look at what is, it's kind of like here's the bare minimum 
that you're given when you become a new associate at this job. A cube, a chair, a computer, a monitor. Ta-da! You're done. <laughs> but who does that? Whoever lives with just that? We mold the clay. We mold our environment to become more pleasing to us by adding things, taking things away, you know? Mm-hmm. To me, that's, that's the molding of the clay. That's where you're not settling for what just what is. And I think it's a natural thing for us to do if we get a new job and we have a cube and we start dolling it up and dressing it up in our own way. But I don't know that we necessarily think about doing that in our life. So when we talk about playing with the clay in our own lives, in what I'm hearing from you and what I am hearing from Abraham, I'm interpreting that to mean the clay is the part we want to play with. It's not the part we have to play with. So many of the things that we do in life, we are doing because we have to. We have you know, some commitment to somebody else or you know, in the case of a job, you know, they're hiring us to do a certain job and so forth. So we're, we're limited in a sense to what we can do while we're doing these things that we're committed to other people to doing. But for the rest of the time, we need to be working with the clay to satisfy what it is we want to be doing. And I guess the reason I, I mention it that way is I think a key portion of learning how to be a deliberate creator uh, since since it's so important to redirect our thoughts away from all those negatives we're so used to, to to just dancing through our brains and so forth and getting deliberately onto the positive so we can get ourselves into that good place, get ourselves into that vortex where all the good stuff happens. Since we're, we're doing this deliberate creation thing, we need to do more than just thought. We need the action. We need the activity of doing stuff that's important to us to do as part of that deliberate, positive experience creating because in the process of doing that then we set up the environment that allows all the other stuff to come through um that we're hoping is going to happen through law of attraction does, does that match up with what you're talking about i don't know i don't know that it doesn't match um i mean i didn't hear anything that you said that made me go eh, i don't i don't agree okay um <laughs> I mean, you expressed it differently than I do, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I, I'm mainly trying to make sure that we're talking about the same thing because this can be a, a source of confusion. I know very early on I was really confused, particularly about the uh, admonition that you want to uh, wish for it and then forget it. And one of the things that I eventually came to as a way of understanding why people say that is uh, more often than not, especially if we're in our early stages of our careers as deliberate creators, uh, we are prone to doubt and we're prone to, you know, discouragement and prone to, you know, not really being sure and so forth, which are not good places to be in when you're trying to attract something, when you're trying to do deliberate creation. So the, the admonition to think about it, put the wish out there and forget about it basically is a way of saying, here's a way you won't fall into the doubt mode because you've given up on even thinking about it. <laughs> But on, by the same token, the, the flip side of that is if you are not feeling the doubt, if you're feeling excited, if it's enjoyable, if you're in that good feeling place as you're messing around with, you know, okay, this here's this new idea and I'm creating it and I'm, I'm really hopeful and expecting that it's going to turn into something manifested into reality and, and all that kind of thing. Well, when you're in that positive, happy place like that, it, it's actually a good idea to play with the clay. Because not only is it fun to play with the clay, but it also helps you stay in that positive zone and keep building all the positive vibration that comes in that positive zone. And it strikes me that that's probably how one stays in the positive range for as long a time as possible. Because we're just doing one thing that feels good that leads to another thing that feels good that leads to another thing that feels good. Well, definitely paying attention to feeling good is really important. Um, I want to kind of go back to the thing you talked about, um, you know, kind of this, what I call the set it and forget it method. Right. If you set, set an intention, but because you have doubts and concerns, you think the best thing to do is to just jump off of it and don't think about it anymore, 
what I have found is sometimes lots of time goes by and nothing has changed. Mm-hmm. And because where I last left it was in a state of doubt. And so then nothing, like, actually, my Project X is my internal response to something that I have done, set it, and forget it so many times that it got forgotten, mm. even by the universe. <laughs> like, it wasn't manifest. Like, I've been working toward this for, oh, gosh, decades. Wow. And I finally got serious that I really want to see this happen. And so now that I'm 20 years away from maybe when I first decided I wanted it, how it's going to show up now is going to look different because I'm different, mm-hmm. but the essence of it is the same. But I had so much doubt and so much um, focus of it not happening that it just didn't happen, even when I stopped thinking on it purposefully. So I, I sometimes use the phrase, set it and forget it. However, I think it is important to note that if you have a ton of resistance on it, setting it and forgetting it most of the time is not going to bring it about. Now, I'm not, I'm not the universal manager, so I'm not going to say it could never happen, <laughs> but I'd say if you left it in a state where there was a lot of doubt or lack uh, thoughts around it, I think that's what sticks. At least that's what my experience has been. I, I think that's probably mostly true. I do know there have been times where I ended up either intentionally or more often unintentionally in the forget it mode after having been in a much worse mode. So I basically used the forget it as a way of just getting rid of all of the, you know, the really, really bad stuff. Like, I give up on this. I quit. And in the process of quitting, I actually raised my vibration. <laughs> And so yeah, that's I mean, prob- that was quit, the last thing that happened, you know? I mean, like, if I've stopped working on something um, when I was in a state of frustration, but it's something I really believed in, I just got myself into a, a temporary place of frustration, then getting doing something else to lessen the frustration still left that thing that you wanted in a good place. Like, okay, I, I have a, immediate, a current example so I was working on the chapter that I was going to submit for the book the other day, mm-hmm. and it was feeling really good. And I was editing it, and it was like, oh, God, I can't believe how many edits I have. And I'm editing <laughs> it again, and, and I go and I make the changes, and I reprint it for myself. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, my God, I want to take this part that I have at the bottom and move it to the front. I'm now doing major rewrites. Mm-hmm. Okay, so mm-hmm. I'm like all over the place. And so I'm like, okay, I've got the rewrites done. Now I'm going to print it out. Hopefully I'll read it, and it'll be perfect, and I can send it off to Walt. And I'm like, oh, I can't believe I have this typo. Like the word life should have been live. And I'm like, how many times have I read that and didn't see that, you know? And so I'm like redoing it and redoing it. And I just wanted it done. I'm like, this is, I've spent so much time. I want it done already. I'm, I'm ready to call it quits. Now, it's something, I, it was a work of love for me to do this. But I had worked myself up into quite the lather. Yeah. I was like, ah! <laughs> And so I'd, t- I'd print out a copy, and I'd set it aside. I'm like, I'm not even going to proof it now. I'll just wait. Well, I'd be looking at it. I'm watching TV, right? And I'm looking over on the table, and I see the stapled stack of papers that was my chapter. And I'm like, I just want it done. So, you know, like 20 minutes later, I go over, and I start rereading it. I'm like, oh, I can't believe there's more things to edit. and Oh, I can't believe my punctuation. What was I thinking? (laughs) And I get back into frustration. So then I finally went, Wendy, stop. Just stop. Go do something else. Walk away. Mm. And so Mm. I stopped working on it last night. And then this morning when I woke up, I kind of felt this guidance, go to the computer and work on the last edit. And I did, and I was in a completely different place. Mm Mm-hmm. And then everything was flowing smoothly. Then I went and got my hair cut, came back, did one more read-through, and I'm like, it's, it's done. And I sent it off to you. Now, how that fits into what we're talking about is last night I had to just forget it, just let it go. And as I let it go, the frustration level I had really did dissipate. But... That frustration was really temporary because when I thought about the whole, the writing of the chapter, 
that had only good feelings associated with it. I was excited to write that chapter. I'm thrilled to be a co-author in this book. Everything about the writing has been a positive experience. You know, until I work myself into a lather because I just keep trying to be perfect, <laughs> yep. and then I go into frustration. So that's in a place where I needed to just leave it alone and step away. And so yep. that's where forgetting it was actually a good thing. But I just want to know us all while we're on this topic, the actual writing of the story was all laced with good-feeling thoughts. I didn't have doubt in that. I didn't have resistance. It was all good. Unlike if there's something in your life such as you step on the scale in the morning and you see that you hadn't lost weight or worse, that you've gained a pound, you know, if that's a constant something that happens and you feel really frustrated about it, just saying, I know the universe wants, knows that I want to lose weight I'm just going to take my attention off of this and just not worry about it, may not be the way you're going to bring about weight loss because there's a very good likeliness that there's a whole bunch of other beliefs that are connected to not losing weight. It's a good and point. And so just because yeah. in that moment you're feeling frustrated and go, I'm just going to like distract for a while and the universe knows what I want and it'll all be fine, yeah, I don't see that one happening. I do know that that it, it it seems to be case by case, and I'm not sure exactly where the differentiator is. So let me tell you my story, um, and maybe between the two of us we can figure out where it is. Because my story is that before I met Louise, um, I was a very frustrated dater to the point where I had pretty much just gotten sick of it. I had gotten sick of you know every single attempt working out badly. And quickly, too. I mean, that was the only good thing. It's not like I was getting involved with somebody and then, you know, six months, three years later, all of a sudden I was falling apart. So I didn't at least have that heartache to go through. But every single time it was like, nope, didn't work. Nope, didn't work. Nope, didn't work. Nope, didn't work. <laughs> it was it was becoming my mantra. Nope, doesn't work, <laughs> which is not a good thing. Well, you do that for about 20 years and you just start to get disgusted. I mean, you just say, to heck with this. I mean, I, I don't see how I'll ever find anybody. I don't see how I'm getting married. Forget that. That's not happening. You know, so I just kind of gave up. Well, I didn't quite give up. I did get involved with somebody. When I can't really call it a, a relationship in the traditional sense. It was more like a friendship and a kind of a toxic one, too. But I was involved with that one for about a year. And at the end of that, I was so burned out by the whole process that that's when I finally gave up. A month later is when I heard from my friend Debbie Franklin asking um, if I'd be interested in meeting a friend of hers named Louise. And we met uh, a few weeks after that, and let's see, she and I have been together now, uh, it's going to be 19 years. So apparently, letting go didn't make a difference. Now, how do I reconcile that? I don't know. <laughs> I can't quite figure out how to make it all piece together. Hey, I'm thinking. <laughs> I'm quiet, because I'm thinking. <laughs> Well, I would say that during those 20 years, you were, you must have had a lot of beliefs or a lot of thoughts that you were thinking on a regular basis that was causing you to continue to get the same negative um, result. Oh, over yeah, over. very much so, yeah. There were, there, and there were a lot of things going on that I was certainly fueling without realizing it. I was fueling my own frustration, my own lack of success. But, but I don't then, know that I actually changed that right that right during that that time period. I just I I just kind of ran out of energy. I ran out of steam. Well, I mean, my from my experience, when you really let go, you let go of it all. You just kind of go. You know what? Maybe it's never going to happen. I'm just not going to push an effort so much anymore. I'm just going to let go. Now, when you really let go, it, what you're letting go is. What you're letting go of is of the resistance. You're not letting go of the desire. Correct. Because once once you've desired it, it's it's like noted. <laughs> Law of attraction, the universal manager, your inner being, it's noted and it's done. Because Abraham says in the other book, ask and it is given. As in like it's the moment you do the asking, it's given instantaneously. Mm -hmm. It's 
step three is how long does it take us to become in the receiving mode where we have no resistance to the thing that we desire for it to show up in our experience. And that may be part of the so, explanation right there, now that I think about it. Because as you were saying on a previous show, if your desire is strong enough, it can trump the resistance. Well, I had had this yeah. really, really strong desire for a long, long time. And mm-hmm. I was simultaneously, unbeknownst to myself, tripping myself every step along the way and putting up all kinds of barriers without realizing I was putting up barriers. So I think what one way to explain it is, I actually got to the point where give, I gave up and giving up stopped the process of putting up barriers. So this thing that had been just kind of barreling down on me, I just kept resisting and resisting, resisting and resisting and resisting it, finally was able to come through. So this kind of takes us back to, you know, you'd thrown out the set it and forget it. At least that was the piece that I picked up on. Right. Um, And I think your answer, it kind of depends, is accurate. Because it depends on how much resistance you did have on the trail. You know, how easy was it to let go? Um, Sometimes those little trite, you know, phrases um, seem really cute on the surface, but require a lot of explanation for them to really be applied appropriately. Yeah, in my case, letting go... It wasn't something where I had just decided one day, well, it would be smart for me to let go. I, I let go because I ran out of, of steam. I, I just I could I just couldn't keep going after it. I, I had literally reached the point of no return, and, and there was nothing left. There was no remaining reserve of energy to draw upon to say, well, let's keep trying. I was just out. I, I, I it was just total give up. Not not give up on resistance. Just give up. Period. I'm just done. I just need to put this whole thing behind me. I don't know what comes in the future. My future may look bleak, but you know what? I just don't care. I, I'm so <laughs> tired of this. <laughs> I'm so tired of it. I, and so in that sense, well, I did give up the resistance. And, and there was a lot of resistance, yeah. but it wasn't something that I gave up saying, well, I think I'm going to get up, get rid of the resistance. It was more like, funk, it fell on the floor because I got tired of carrying it. <laughs> and you know what? It didn't really matter how you got there. Like I said, Law of Attraction had already noted you wanted love. Yeah, yeah. You wanted a love relationship. And finally, you were so gosh darn tired, you just couldn't effort anymore to try to control how it would come into your life. Exactly, yeah. Which your inner being was like, oh, thank God we have finally worn him out. (laughs) (laughs) So my inner being was doing a victory dance. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) I think so. You know, and sometimes that's how the letting go works, because whenever we're trying to control the outcome, i got to tell you, most of the time, I shouldn't say every time, most of the time when we're trying to control the outcome, we just get in the way. That's the truth. get in the way. That is absolutely the truth. In fact, you were telling your story about how um, you kept going after and finding typos and going after and finding more stuff to edit and going after and going after until you finally just (laughs) stopped and put it aside and came back later. I had that exact same experience some nine years ago when I wrote my novel. And this was, I was very early into exploring law of attraction. So I really didn't know how to apply it to that project. Um, but I found when I did that project, I, I think I edited that book. Plus, I had a couple other people who looked at it as well. But just myself, I think I went through and did an entire edit of the novel about eight times. And wow. the funny thing was, I thought it was going to be harder than the last ones. It was harder on the first ones. The last few times, that you actually go through pretty quickly because there aren't that many typos anymore. You've gotten a lot of them. But nevertheless, if I went after them too quickly... If I had just edited and then I started to do a re-edit that same day, I'd get really tired really quickly. I had to give myself time because it wasn't that I was physically tired. I was mentally tired and, more importantly, I was emotionally tired. I had to just give myself time to recover. So I learned basically what you learned, that you have to just get away, give yourself the time, and when you come back, like you said, you had very fresh eyes. You had a completely different perspective on it. Well, that's what happened Mm -hmm. with me, too. And... As a result, I ended up finding stuff. I mean, I had a professional editor who went through. I paid her to go through my novel and, and clean it up. And when she was done, 
I did my own edit and I said to myself, what did I pay her for? I found like more stuff than she found. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> and she did a good well, job. Don't get me wrong, but uh, it, it just goes to show two things. First of all, there are endless numbers of edits you can do on, on anything that you write. And second of all, you have to give yourself time to get away and come back. Otherwise, you don't have the eyes for it. You just don't have the, the perspective to be able to just stick with it as long as you need to in order to get everything done. You have to just walk away for a bit. You know, I, I like one of the phrases Abraham says, and I'm pulling out just half of it purposely, you never get it done. Yes, it's true. <laughs> They say you never get it right and you never get it done. And the reason you never get it done, you know, is because we have all the time literally in the world to keep our hands in the clay and continue to mold and remold and reshape. And that's the joy of our life is putting our hands in the clay and molding things into what they want them to be. Um, truthfully, I'm so excited and can't wait until April 1st when I can completely reveal Project X mm. because mm. that is the ultimate Wendy putting her hands in the clay. I literally am starting with a ball of clay. Um, unlike, oh, let's see if I can make up a metaphor. Unlike, let's say you buy a house, the walls are up, the doors are up, the windows are in, the carpeting is laid, and you just move in with your furniture versus get buying a fixer-upper and somebody has torn out the sheetrock, there's no carpeting, the floorboards are shot, the, the, you know, and it's like it's pretty much a gutted thing. Mm -hmm. that, it's, I think it's easy for you to see that that's the ball of clay, that you're starting with barely a framework and you're having to create every aspect of this house, right? Right, yeah, sure. But most of the time we start with a pre-existing house that has the walls and the carpeting and whatever, and you just move your belongings in. Well, my Project X is the literal fixer-upper where I barely even have a framework. In other words, I know I want it to be a house, <laughs> and I know I want to live in it, and that's it. But do I want to tear the walls down? You know, let's say it was a three-bedroom, two-bath. Do I want to tear the walls down and make it one giant master suite? where it's really a one-bedroom, you know, do I want to add a swimming pool? Do I want to put on a deck? You know, do I want it Mediterranean style? Do I want it contemporary? It's like there are so many different decisions that could be made in that kind of a house where all you have basically is it's framed. Mm -hmm. Sure. That's my Project X. And I have to tell you, that's why, in a way, I've fallen off the focus multiple times because I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't yet know do I want it to be Mediterranean style or modern or Tudor, you know, English Tudor or country. I don't know. And I feel like what my inner being is say, saying to me, you get to pick, Wendy. You get to pick. Mm -hmm. Think about it. What style do you want it to be in? Yeah. And I think for 20-plus years why it hadn't moved is because I went, I don't know, someone tell me. Someone tell me what it should be. And the reason it's now time for me to create Project X is because I'm tired of waiting for somebody else to tell me because I finally recognize it's for me to decide what do I want, what makes me happy. I've now lived enough of life that I really know what my style is. And if I were to continue to use the house metaphor, which is really not what Project X is, <laughs> in case anybody's wondering, you know, I really know Mediterranean is what I love. I know I love round columns. I know I love rounded doorways. I love crown molding. I mean, there's enough of life that I've lived that I could tell an architect, here are the things that I want in this house. And you know what? I don't want three teeny bedrooms. I want one huge en suite, you know, where it makes me feel like I'm royalty. I mean, I could say all those things because I've lived enough life to know that's what makes me happy. And that's me putting my hands in the clay and creating and coming up with what do I want. And so 
those that five and that eight minute segment today while I was at my hairdresser with my hair in the sink and she was putting on the, the deep conditioning treatment, I was just in my own mind's eye and I was just picturing what when when I'm experiencing Project X in its fullness, what would be the conversations that I'd be having with other people? How would I feel? How would I feel when I came home? You know, um, how would I be planning out my my next day for, you know, how I would continue with Project X? And And for the first time, honestly, I felt okay about coming up with stuff for myself. It may change, but that's okay. It is but okay. I'm putting my hands in the clay now. Yeah. And I'm not yeah. waiting for someone else to do it for me. Because bef- before I was just observing what was and I went, yeah, don't like it much. Wish it were different. Waiting for someone to change it for me. <laughs> Nobody was changing it for me. Well, that's part of the Nobody whole storytelling thing. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's like, oh, it still hasn't changed. After all these years, because it still hasn't changed. Yeah, I continue to observe what is, hoping yep. that one day it would be different, not recognizing it was my job to put my hands in the figurative clay that's right. and start thinking up a new story or envisioning something different for what was and morphing it into what I want it to be. So often, too, we get stuck on what that story is that we're supposed to tell ourselves. I mean, we hear Abraham talking about changing your story, and we've talked here on the show about you know trying to tell your own story. And what I've been realizing the more that, that we talk about it is that sometimes starting to tell your own story just means starting to tell your own story. I mean, just whatever comes out of your mouth just to get the process started. Because what really holds us back more than anything else is, I don't know how to tell a story, so I'm not going to try. Well, in one of my stories, I don't have an imagination. I grew up, like I told you at the beginning of the show, I kind of grew up into an adulthood existence really early on. So I kind of miss that natural childhood imagination time. So that that was my reality, but I've used that as a, quote, excuse story when it was time to create something new, mm. because I'm like, I don't know how to do that. And we've all Someone done that. Someone else, like, like, what's your story, and what's your story? Right. And I'm hoping that somebody else will tell a story that I can go, yeah, that's the story I want. Okay, <laughs> now I'll tell them, I'll tell that story for myself. Which but is actually you know what, what? It, that's what Abraham recommends, too. They recommend piecing it together, taking this bit of data, and that bit of data, and that bit of data, and that one over there, and just putting it together until you have your own version. Yeah, but it takes, and I agree, and it takes some imagination to put them all together like a patchwork and make it something you can own. And instead, I'd get frustrated because I just wanted somebody's story to be exactly what I wanted. And because it wasn't, I was like, well, that's not it. Next. Yeah, right. Well, that was not it. (laughs) That's what we all do. We all do that. (laughs) Every single one of us does that. And we're good at it, too. (laughs) We'll we'll pass the buck endlessly. Well, the irony is that for the longest time, what my inner being has been letting me know is that my Project X is going to be something that is so unique that no one else has ever done the way I'm going to do it. And yet I still didn't like the fact I couldn't find a perfect replica of what I wanted my life to be. And it's like I'm now really kind of owning it's okay for me to really put my hands in the clay and to create whatever it is I want because the universe will deliver whatever it is I want. And all you have to do is Instead of waiting it. for the universe to tell me what I wanted. Yeah, yeah. And what I, the only thing left that I can say is I want to have more time, but we don't have it. We've just run out of an hour. So unfortunately, we'll have to pick it up again tomorrow. But uh, the, the good news is we'll get to pick it up tomorrow and we'll pick it up tonight. So be sure to tune in and be sure to subscribe and share in the meantime. And uh, then, Wendy, we'll just do our thing again tomorrow. So get that clay out, all right? I'll be there. And my clay will will be ready to roll. My hands will be filled with clay. How's Sounds that? good. Mine will, too. And we hope you'll join us here on LOA today as well. Goodbye tomorrow. Goodbye tomorrow? Yeah, goodbye, everybody. <laughs> I can't even get my own sign-off. Do you believe this? <laughs> Bye, everyone.